So destined for deliverance is where we are right now. If you would put up my objectives today, today, um, any of any of you college students out there um, have been in college, had some college time, and you know, at the beginning of the of your class, they'll give you a syllabus and they'll tell you these are all of the things we intend to cover in this class, and then just before final exam, they'll just have kind of like a final review, just just the final review. It's not you know, a bunch of new things. So I don't have a lot of scriptures today and so on. But I just want to make sure because uh, whether or not you know it, you will be tested on this material. Scripture says it this way, that um, that the kingdom is like a man that sold seed, the word, in the field, and then immediately the enemy came to test. So your exam is coming. Don't get it twisted. All right. And um, and so we just want to look back at what we covered. And then I do have a summary list of things, just things that I want you to remember. And I have a couple new scriptures that will walk you through that. So objectives talked about to elaborate on the doctrine of deliverance as something included within salvation, but often experientially dis distinct from it. Um, we say that because uh, there are times when um, people are just satisfied with salvation and don't go on to get the deliverance that's available to them as a part of their salvation. You understand what I mean when I say that, right? Just because you have access to something doesn't mean you walk in it. Okay, so that's what we mean. We, we, we want you to understand that in your benefit package, any of y'all change companies? You want to know the benefit package. Sometimes you have benefits that are available to you that you don't even access. You know, they'll tell you, you can go back to school, we'll match a part of it. Or if you, if you contribute, a, if you put some money in, we'll match it in your 401k. You might, you might not, you, you, you might be leaving benefits on the table. And so deliverance is a benefit that's a part of your benefit package that came with your salvation, but you might be leaving it on the table. Number two, we talked about illuminating the multifaceted nature of, of deliverance. And we'll, we'll hit a little bit more on that because issues come in different sizes and shapes. Then your deliverance can come in different sizes and shapes as well. Third, we said was to cultivate a desire for deliverance. Why? Because you might not want it. Some people get 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 functional in their dysfunction. You know, some people have been so schooled in, um, you know, they had so much broken relationships. If they get a good relationship, they'll make it up, mess it up because that's what they used to. So you have to have a desire for it and then place a demand on it. But it's going to require some diligence, things that you must act on and then some discipline, which means adherence to principle. After the thrill of initiation is gone and long before you see any signs of manifestation. It's that middle period that get people in trouble. Like early on when you start and you get excited about it. And then you and and long after that excitement has passed, but long before you get any manifestation in that meantime in between time is when you have to have the discipline 
Then we talked about the discipleship of it, which means the principles that you learn, you got to incorporate them into your life. If you get deliverance in an area and you got it through reading the word or through prayer, then you can't back off your prayer life and think you're going to maintain your deliverance. All right. And then dominion that you can get to a point where you're not just struggling to overcome, but that you stay overcome and help other people overcome as well. Then we said accelerate you towards deliverance that God's intends you for your life and then to insulate you from losing ground. That's why we gave certain principles about, you know, go and sin no more unless a worse thing come upon you that you can actually get lose and be further behind than when you started. If you don't act right. Okay. Cause the devil will always try to get you to back off your commitment. Okay. Now you didn't, now you good. Now you good. You don't have to, you don't have to go to church that often. You don't have to pray that often. You know, I was, I was kind of like in my feelings this year. Cause normally around, um, January, I, I, you know, we, we go on vacation and it's not where we go it's what we do when we go. And one of the things that I do when I go is I look at my wedding video and I see my bishop. I see my bishop tell me what he's what what God was going to do in my life and what he was going to do in my marriage. And um, and I just do that and I have God speak to me and give me insight for the year. But the year just was rushed past. And I'm like, I we didn't go because of all of the stuff that we were facing with at work and the challenges we were, you know, all of these things and. And, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to lose the ground that I've gained because I didn't follow the process that got me the gains. All right. That's all we want to tell you. So I got one scripture here. Very simple one. Psalm 34, verse 19. Very common passage of scripture, but strong implications. Few are the afflictions of the righteous. Is that what it says? No, it didn't say that. It said many are the afflictions of the righteous. But no matter how many there are, but the Lord delivers him out of them. What's that last word? All. When we base our doctrine of deliverance, our our destiny of deliverance, that's fundamentally what we're standing on. If you lose all the other things that I talked about, because sometimes pastor gives so many listen things and that, and oh my God, I don't know if I got all of that. But if I could just remember that I may be facing many problems. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So trouble is not a sign that you're not righteous. I mean, that, that's intuitively obvious just from the statement. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we actually treat it different than that. Sometimes we have those Job friends who say that you're in this. You must have done something wrong. This passage of scripture says something different. It says that I can have multifaceted problems, but I will also have multifaceted deliverance 
And God got one to cover every problem I got. Because all means all. All right. In the language that we use in this series, we describe them and I just use categories that I call hurts, hindrances, habits and strongholds. That's just a way for me to help you quantify or qualify the different categories. Some people deal with hurts of their childhood or habits that they got themselves into or I mean, I gave, I was talking about in the eulogy that I did this week, I talked about Sister Lindia and she was more forthcoming than most of you about her habits. But just because she was forthcoming don't mean you don't have none. And just because you you think it's a one way mirror, you think you can see everybody else stuff, but nobody can see yours. Let me tell you, you're wrong. Habits, hindrances can be structural. They can be economic. They can be gender-based. They can be racially based. They can be economically based. They can be socially based. Hindrances come in all shapes and sizes. And then strongholds. Some are mental strongholds. Some are physical strongholds. Some are social strongholds. And listen. The social strongholds are pretty deep, y'all, where we live today. I'm not going to turn this into a political message, but for real, for real. There's a lot of things that we face. If I didn't have confidence in, in this thing, I wouldn't send my child into the world. I understand why people want to. I was. Brother Tim, wanna, I, I did a message and. Um, uh, up um, in uh, Saginaw and part of my subtopic was I called it in defense of white people and what I said was don't hate the player hate the game I said I said that um, there were times when um, I see in our culture people that are angry at majority culture people but I said listen I can't be that guy because you can't have an underground railroad unless you have somebody above ground who are risking their life and their liberty to help people that look like you and me. And a lot of those people were the Quakers. Quakers were the original holy rollers. They got the Holy Spirit and they would quake. That's why they called them Quakers. They were holy rollers. But a lot of those people in the 1800s, what they did was they saw the society back then was so corrupt that they withdrew from society and they still live in those Amish communities. Pastor, you really getting down into it. Why? I'm just telling you that strongholds are really real. We can't be angry at people, but then we're not looking to them for the answer. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. All right. Some people are delivered from death. Some people are delivered through death. I didn't I told them not to put it on the screen, but Hebrews 11 and 35 says that some people were tortured, not accepting deliverance. 
that they may obtain a better resurrection. Sometimes going through sickness and the veil of of death is the point of certain deliverances. We've got to recognize that. I know that that was part of the case of our dear sister. But I'm just so glad that however I got to give my deliverance, God is there to get me mine. Amen. Okay. Now, I want you to have confidence in that. All right. Eight summary principles. This is this is this is your review before your final exam. So this is all this is just all review. So this is a really short message. It's a really short message. Right. Eight summary principles from destined for deliverance. Number one, Satan works to tie us up in nets, things that hold and imprison us. The anointing of deliverance, the anointing, which is an ointment, makes us slippery so we can escape. Right. So I always want to make sure that I am connected with the Holy Spirit so that anointing is the process, is the is the slipperiness that makes me able to escape. Does that make sense? Just a very simple thing. But I'm all, he's always trying to set a trap. Either he has a trap already or he's in the process of setting one because that's just what he does. Right. Number two, each member of the Godhead participates in your deliverance process. Let God work on you. Each member of the Godhead is a part of your deliverance process. The scripture we talked about in Isaiah said, I'm the Lord, your redeemer. That's a deliverer. Jesus said how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing or delivering all that were oppressed of the devil. And then Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. The Holy Spirit says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom from captivity. The whole Godhead is there to help you stay delivered. And then I didn't put it down, but the angels get involved in the process, too. They're sent forth to minister to those that are heirs of salvation, heirs of deliverance. And they are there to guide you and help you and to interfere and interrupt the things that Satan is plotting and planning to destroy your life. Number three, deliverance is Jesus superpower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you that are in the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe, that's that's an important statement. Deliverance is Jesus' superpower. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. All right. Okay, number four. Man, we really, we almost done. Don't just settle for salvation and leave deliverance unrealized. Don't settle and lose part of what God gave you. Even if you have to war over long periods of time. Don't had two different conversations recently and both of them. You know, one person is in the midst of a long term fight. And sometimes when you're in a long term fight, it's it's like it's it's round after round, pound after pound. You know, you got to hit, get your word out, hit, got to do your thing and hit. And then that hit may only hold you for an hour. 
And then the devil wakes you up again and tells you it's all over. He going to do it again. And you got to hit again. You know, sometimes people, they want, they want the, and they lived happily ever after deliverance. But I don't know that I found that one. I found that there's stuff that if I don't keep my eye on it, the enemy coming to try to fi figure out if I really got what I got. All right. So some some deliverances, you do get a reprieve, but sometimes you have to fight over years to get that. And that doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means many are the afflictions of the righteous and that's yours. But there's still an all coming for you. Wait your turn, baby. There's still an all coming for you. So don't just settle for salvation and say, well, it's all right. No, it's not all right. <laughs> Listen. I've already decided I, I can't tell you what the future holds for me. But I've already decided that. Um, if I get afflicted with some sickness, I'm going to be up here preaching as until I can't that by his stripes, I'm healed. And then the next Sunday after y'all have my celebration, I want somebody standing in this pulpit saying Jesus still heals. These died in faith, not having obtained the promises, but they were still fully persuaded of them. I just want you to have a mindset that I'm going to fight for the thing that God died for me to have until my very last breath. Don't settle for salvation and leave your deliverance unrealized. We also talked about that there is a path, a process, and a person to deliverance. We talk about finding the destiny path. You'll show us the path of life. When I need, when you have an issue, just remember, sometimes you're just spending time with God just so you'll know what step to take. He leads me. In paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But hold it. My path of righteousness, yea, though I walk. Oh, I just had a path of righteousness. I just had a path of righteousness. So if I'm on a path of righteousness, why am I walking through the valley of the shadow of death? You got it? Look at both of those things. I'm on a path of righteousness. The path of righteousness take me through some bad neighborhoods. Somebody write that down. I'm going to need that one. The path of righteousness takes me through some bad neighborhoods. I'm on a I'm 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 on a right path. I'm on a destiny path, but I'm still walking through a valley and there's death shadows all around me. I'm going to fear no evil. You're because you're with me, Lord, even when I'm going through some some tough places. So there's a, a path. There's a process. We called it the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And, and there's the person. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Number six. God's ultimate goal is for you to minister deliverance. 
not just have deliverance minister to you. That's the ultimate objective is for you to get so free that you can help somebody else get free. Because see, when you got it like that, like the people that really get stuck is the people that only want to get delivered and then just stay there. Because then you tempted to slide back. But when you get to the point where you're getting it off other people, you remember what you teach somebody else. You, 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 you keep a certain level going when you really actively are helping other people because you can't be on the enemy territory kicking him out. A person who only wants deliverance pay, plays defense. A person who ministers deliverance goes on offense. And either you're going to be running back on your heels or you're going to push the devil back on his heels. Somebody going on their heels. You got to decide. So don't be satisfied in any area where you struggled until you can get free in your testimony. Your teaching and the tangible power of God of, on your life can help somebody else get free where you were bound. I remember somebody say long, long ago, long, long ago, far, far away. Say long, long ago, far, far away. Yeah, I remember the time when um, I was having challenges with uh, the friend of the court system I, and I had to go into mediation and where we started and then where we ended. And when we ended, they told us, you can come down here and teach this class. I remember I started one place, but when I got to the end, they said you could come down here and teach other people how to resolve conflict. Where you start doesn't have to be where you end. It's not just for you to get ministered to. It's for you to flip that thing on the other side and get to where you can minister to somebody else. Don't ever get satisfied with just, I got it and I'm, I'm cool now where I use. No, no. See, see, you're not insulated fully until you are using your testimony of your overcoming to help somebody else. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and their love, not their lives to the death. If you're not willing to put yourself at risk to get your testimony to other people, that's what I just did. If you're not willing to do that, you can't help enough people. And somehow your deliverance still has a hole in it where the enemy can come in because what happens is people clean up so well, they don't look like they've been in the past that they were in and then they don't keep the testimony current they don't keep the enemy off of them and then he has a back door because see you're not walking in the truth and you're not doing the ministry god created you for that's some good preaching pastor thank you all right verse uh verse seven number seven your deliverance and your being a deliverer will visit and be multiplied in future generations. Your deliverance 
and your being a deliverer will visit and be multiplied in future generations. That's why you got to be careful. I was been dealing with, uh, listen, everybody should go out, even you ladies, and get this um, podcast that I got on sexual integrity. Oh, I'm past this getting down into it. Past the getting down into it. Here's, I'm going to just give you one. This is for the, for the ladies in the house. I said, I told them something that a, a published years ago. She said, she said to the men at her church, may she rest in heaven. She said, God gave you your penis for three reasons. She said, for procreation, for pleasure, or to pee. She said, if you're single, you only get pee privileges. That's some good teaching, Pastor David. Thank you. That's all you get. You don't get nothing else. If you have deviation in a sexual area, First of all, if you have that when you're single, you're going to carry it into marriage. And then it'll be multiplied into your generation. So they'll face issues and don't even know why they're dealing with them. All of a sudden, they'll have feelings of stuff that they didn't even know where it came from. But it's coming. It's coming. And we've been expert. At hiding stuff in families and not talking about, oh, that's our uncle. You know, that's his daddy. We expert at hiding this stuff. See, y'all, I'm <laughs> your pastor going deep. And then I'm telling folks, I'm telling people, stop lying, saying you every woman. You not. You ain't. See, he's he doesn't even want one woman. He wants a Franken woman of all of the women he done been with. And you can't be all of them. So what happens is he has all of that that he wants and you won. And then he would rather he would rather masturbate to the image of them than to be with you. I am preaching really good in here. I'm just saying whoever you are gets delivered, gets visited and possibly multiplied in your next generation. And so you make them have to fight the battle you should have won. You got to decide. You got to decide that you really want to do this thing. I asked my bishop to come. He's coming, of course, in our conference. And um, we have to always want to talk. And I said, I said, I said, Bishop, I'm finding that people have more confidence in the generational curse than the generational blessing. They believe the bad stuff will pass. They don't even have confidence that the good stuff can. And I said, you obviously, when I look at your generations and how I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know pastors, apostles, prophets, bishops that don't have the family track record. Now, the scripture says a bishop should have a family track record, but most of them. Not like what he's been able to do. So I said, listen, you have, I said, this is destiny generation. You have the authority. You have the track record and the experience to tell us how to initiate and propagate 
a generational blessing over your family. I want you to tell us that. That's some fire, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's we all, we didn't see the negative. That's why they ask you when you go, is there any history of, of heart disease in your family? Is there any history of cancer in your family? You got to fill out the, all of the stuff. They want you to identify every curse that might be in your genes. The medical community got confidence in a generational curse, don't they? Because they ask you, you got a family member? Who, 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 who got eye problems? You got, you got heart issues? Did your grandmama have one too? What about your uncle and your auntie? They believe in the generational curses, but what about the blessing? So we want to allow the deliverance that we need and walk in to visit and move forward, not the pain that we refuse to address. And then finally, 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 God intends your deliverance and your being a deliverer to grow to affect your region. Expect that he's going to move you to start reaching out to people. If you get an unction, man, I need to go to this, to the school to, and start touching people outside of these four walls. Your pastor's not going to fight you on that. You're supposed to be a deliverer more than inside the church. Okay. All right. One final scripture. Then we're done. That was, that was really the whole list that I have for you today. It ultimately, it ties the deliverance to our teachings that we've done on back to the future. It ultimately says that many people want to be bound and not delivered. Some people love to just need a little more Jesus to help them along the way. They don't really want more than that. Um, and they will find teachers who will support them in their living a bound life, declaring themselves free. You know, there are marijuana churches. Did you know that? You can get Jesus with wine. I mean, you know, no, Jesus with beer. They have like tap, beer taverns and churches and stuff. And, you know, they, they give you some scripture, but they supporting your bondage at the same time. Ultimately, you have to make choices about your path and your preacher, and you will experience the outcomes of your choices for eternity. Ultimately, I wish I could get in your head and decide it for you. But every person has to make their own personal choice in the area of deliverance. I can't decide for you. I, I, I will. I mean, I'll be there. I'll try to do my part to encourage you. I'll try to stand with you. I'll try to work with you. I'll try to encourage you. I'll be there to pick you up when you fall. But I can't get inside you and want it. My wanting it for you is not the same thing as you wanting it for you. But whatever you decide, you will experience the consequences of. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. But there were also false prophets among the teachers, even as there will be false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Heresies is false teachings 
But this one says that they're destructive, even to the point of denying the Lord who bought them. People think they saved themselves and bring on themselves swift destruction. They cruising for bruising. And a few people will follow their destructive ways. No, that didn't say that, did it? Now, we said many are the afflictions. This one says many people will follow bad teaching, follow their destruction, destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. I thought you was a preacher. Look at look at all of them preachers. Driving with the funeral guy, um, just talking to him on the way to the graveside. And he said, I didn't have preachers in this car. They've done some crazy stuff. No, no, nah, bro. I'm the real deal. I'm I'm not I'm not just real when I'm on the stage. Uh, uh-uh. the way of truth gets blasphemed because people that have those destructive ways. Verse number three, by covetousness, by their desire just to get paid for preaching, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber, though it looked like they getting away with it. God's you can put the screen on me for a minute. I remember my mom and dad would say, you know, these whoopings are piling up. Okay, I'm marking that one down. I'm marking that one down. And then one day, Joe Payday came. Oh, Lord. This scripture tells us it seemed like folk getting away with stuff. But this scripture says, no, no, something's something sleeping, but it's about to wake up. Then God gives an example of people who were saved versus those who were delivered. I mean, excuse me, people who were delivered versus those who were punished. Verse four says, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, meaning he did spare the angels who didn't sin, but cast them who did sin down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Some some spirits are incarcerated. They were incarcerated immediately. Verse five says, and did not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous lot. Righteous lot. Let me stop there for a second screen before you go further. He delivered righteous lot. Um, In the King James Version, if you have a King James, it says the words, he delivered just lot. That word righteous and just are the same. Just there means just like justice. So a righteous person believes in justice. That's why when churches say they're not into social justice, they're not into social righteousness. Wow, that wasn't even in my notes. Lot was called, I'm, I'm, I'm not freewheeling, I'm really dealing with the deliverance issue here. Lot was called just. 
or righteous. Abraham was called faithful and just. God is faithful and just. Abraham is faithful and just. Lot was just just. <laughs> he was never faithful. Some Christians want to live at the edge of the world and still go to heaven. They're going to be like Lot. They're going to barely make it in. He barely made it out before things burned up. He went through difficulty that Abraham didn't face. Now, some people say, well, you believe in this thing about God catching you away. Well, listen, Lot got out of the city while it was burning down and couldn't look back. Abraham opened his tent door and watched the whole thing fall down. Why didn't he turn into salt? Because it wasn't in him. It was in Lot. It wasn't in him. If you're going to be delivered and stay delivered, you can't just be just. You're going to have to be faithful. You're going to have to really get to the point where you're not trying to live at the edge of the world and just be saved or forgiven. And when God calls stuff out, then you got to deal with what he calling out. Lord telling me to go back and then we got to go back and now see, I know what's happening. When I go back and review this stuff about sexual integrity, we're going to have talks about the movies I'm watching. And it's not because I'm watching a bunch of junk. It's because you could be watching a, a movie that didn't have junk in it. And for no reason, they put a junk scene in it that had nothing to do with nothing else because that's what they do. But see, you're going to have to make some choices. I told you my story. I love the Marvel Universe of things. And, you know, me and a preacher friend of mine, we went, we just wanted to see a movie. We wasn't trying to be, you know, we wasn't trying to do nothing crazy. We was just trying to go see a superhero movie. And then I'm watching this movie and I'm like, Lord, that's demon possession. Now, they're not using the words. They call it symbiotes. But it talked about an alternative entity taking over a person, causing them to have beastly behavior with, an, with a different voice living on the inside of them and talking through them. That by definition. See, I got, and I'm like, yeah, I just wanted to enjoy a movie with my friend. I wasn't coming there for no jump. You understand what I'm saying? But when we get to a point where we really want to be all guys and really be the one that's delivered, then we're going to have to make difficult decisions and say, you know what, that, that seemed like that could be cool, but I'm going to just, I got to cut it off right here. Womp, womp. I know, I felt that too. Right, look at verse 7. We're almost done. I got two more verses. And delivered righteous or just lot, who was oppressed by the filthy con conduct of the wicked, this righteous man dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. That's what I was talking about. Because you're in an unrighteous world, if you let that stuff inundate you, it begins to mess with the righteous part of your soul to the point where your character begins, begins to be flawed and you can't make good decisions, which is why Lot had incest with his daughters. 
He had been around sexual sin so long and so much that it got into him and he really wasn't really conscious of when it got there. So we have to be careful that we don't let these things take us over. This is our promise. This is the end of this series. This is what I want you to have confidence in. If he knows how to deliver all of them and judge those that are on the opposite side, verse nine, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust, the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Come on, let's stand.